Yokoso, welcome to Amakara Japan. Hello, listeners. Thank you for joining us this week. I am with Stephen and Yasushi. Say hello. Hi. Konnichiwa. And for new people listening, this is、um, Amakara Japan, where we talk about Japanese news topics that are being spoken about in Japan but may not hit international news headlines. And this week,、um, kind of the article deals with something that is kind of always consistent in Japanese culture, but、um, the news that's being discussed is Tokyo University、um, is basically. Create or、um, banning clubs that discriminate against females. Now, historically in the past,、um, Tokyo University had these clubs that wouldn't necessarily include females in the clubs, or if they did include females, they would not include actual students from Tokyo University.、Um, Tokyo University is a very High ranking university in Japan. I mean, kind of related to the Harvard or Stanford or MIT、um, in America or Oxford or Cambridge, kind of these high class universities. So, very intellectual people go to this university. And normally in Japanese culture, there is some <laughs> there's discrimination,、uh, sexist discrimination. So, Tokyo University is trying to take a stand against that. So, Yasushi, tell us a little bit about kind of. What's been happening, what this discussion has been、um, with the university? Yeah, so、um, it's not just this, this university,、um, it's the other universities have you know, similar cases. So, like Keio, Waseda,、um, I would say mostly top universities have、um, such clubs that discriminate against its female students. And it's, I also, Want to mention that it's it's a minority of the, the clubs that have such policies. Usually they welcome everyone, right? <laughs> But some、um, clubs, you know, the purpose of the clubs are usually for socializing and they want to have、um, fun and they have like、um, sports activities like tennis、um, or skiing. In the winter, and they um, ban um, their female students、um, from entering the clubs. They, they welcome female students from other universities, and that usually means、um, universities from lower tiers. So, and they think、um, it's a discrimination, and it has been done for decades. I remember even when I was a student. Like back in 20 years ago,、um, they had similar, some clubs had similar policies. And it wasn't an issue. It wasn't an issue. People didn't think it was a problem back then. But now, with you know,、um, growing consciousness,、um, Me Too movement, and, and everything, people are starting to think this is a problem. And I think it's a significant、uh, change that a student body in Kodai,、uh, the, the most prestigious in university in Japan, Has started,、uh, has taken such an action、um, to change the status quo. Yeah, and I think it's not something that people are widely discussing about, but it, it's ha- it, it had some impact on the college communities.、Mm. And I think this, you know, just because this is so symbolic that it happened in Kodai, I think other universities 
are going to follow. Um, question on like, are there specific clubs? Like, well, two questions. Like, you were talking about like a tennis or skiing. Um, like, is it more like socialistic clubs that have this discrimination, yeah. um, or is it? Um, and then the other question is why they, even though in some clubs they allowed females from like lower ranking universities to join, like where, what was the purpose for the kind of not allowing the Todai students to join? Yeah. So um, your, to your first question, um, it, it's, it's like a fraternity or authority in the U.S. Okay. The purpose is, is to have fun socialize so they don't really have a um like a theme like it's not a science club it's not a, like a meteorological <laughs> club and um, those clubs would welcome okay. everyone you know only like socializing clubs um that, that we call it all-round clubs because they do everything if it's fun like camping or skiing or you know in the summer they go to this go to the beach um those those kind of clubs okay. and and the re to your second question, um, they don't like to have their female students in their clubs because um, the guys are usually afraid of their female students. They think they are too smart <laughs> for them. So what you're saying is the guys who are also in the same school with these female students feel that their female counterparts are smarter than them. Um, not necessarily smarter, but they, yeah, but obviously some are smarter yeah. than them, right? And it, so this is a, this is the bias. This is a discrimination. They want women who is, you know, much less intelligent. So they want to feel like they're know, the smartest the... people in the room. They want to, as men, they want to exactly. be smarter. Do you think that has to do, yeah. like, so we were kind of talking about a while back about the uh, the doctors, like the female doctors, like they they weren't allowed into the schools, uh, those who wanted to be doctors. And so the men were getting in with lower scores. Do you think that same thing is happening there where you have some men who are getting the, the male students are getting in with not quite as adequate scores as the female students? And so thus the female students are actually honestly more intelligent <laughs> than their male student counterparts and so yeah they would feel intimidated because like oh wow i got in here because i'm a guy they got in here because they're actually smart yeah i think i mean i mean i don't think you know that these top universities including what i have you know s such discriminatory policies over entrance exams i don't i do not think they have quotas it's just a matter of um, you know, on, if you look at the application pool, uh, fewer women, um, female students apply to top universities and which leads to, you know, more men in top universities. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, it is I mean, kind of some of these other articles where it's talking about like one in five students is a woman at kind of these top elite universities in Japan. And, like, I think at this uh, University of Tokyo was talking about their current enrollment of like 2,500 students, maybe like 500, 600 students are females, like it's only 20%. And I know it kind of t discussed a little bit about how uh, 
it's not necessarily that they're trying they're being discriminatory against women but that like the application pool is so much smaller um kind of like they they don't have the customers applying so these females are not always necessarily applying to the university and it's it's interesting to kind of see okay what are the reasons behind that is because they're not promoting and marketing and advertising to women or is it just kind of that socialization and that culture of of japanese thought process of women like it is their role to become like get married and become mothers and not follow higher education um, i think one woman said like <laughs> one of her friends uh or saw somewhere that like women who go to university of tokyo don't get married because they're kind of too intellectual for most of the men in japan yeah i mean yeah i can see that i mean there's not many you know, women who graduated from Todai, those are kind of rare. Even like people graduate from Todai are pretty rare in Japanese society. If you go to big corporations, you know, top executives or in politics, um, those positions are occupied by Todai alumni. But in, if you just go to a normal company, you know, people who graduate from top universities are always minorities. Yeah. Right? So, I can see, and women are even more um, minorities. So I can see why people get scared off. You know, they think they're super smart and they, know, they feel like they know everything. And if, you, if, you, if you're doing the, you know, your job normally, they might be able to find some faults, yeah. you know, in, in your actions or whatever. Um, well, with that, with yeah. the idea of like not as many females going to this school and applying or, maybe they're applying and just not getting in i don't know but i was kind of thinking back when i was teaching at the high school and as far as i was concerned as far as me talking to students who were working on passing their entrance exams and going to different schools i always told them like you, know, you go where you want like if you think you can do these top schools go for it but it made me think like what are the other teachers telling them like in their classrooms are they saying well you're probably not smart enough to go to this school so you should just go to this one so it started making me think, are, are we, like, society-wise, is it telling girls you're probably not smart enough to go to these schools? And so they're not even trying to get into the, some of those higher level because they're just already dissuaded before they even attempt it. Yeah, I think there is still, you know, such um, – some teachers do have those – um, they might have make some advice uh, similar to that in some cases um, because uh, one of the reasons is um, men can sort of um, if they cannot go to a university um, that they want to go they can just wait for another year and take the entrance exams again and apply but not many women want to do that because they're spending a year or some year more and you know they get older right and that would um, make the you, you know getting older for women is is considered not a, a good thing in Japanese society that you know their marriage prospect will become smaller so many parents don't want their daughters to to spend an extra year or two um, prepare for college. That's they want. 
them to go to a university right out of high school. But many parents are well, some are welcoming um, if they, if their sons can go to a better university just by waiting for a, an extra year or two. So I think there's such discrimination. Yeah, I can see that. What's interesting though is with how the marriage age in Japan has increased, like people are getting married at an older age. So you wouldn't think that that would have that much of an impact. Plus, in my very uh, shallow uh, version of this, like Japanese women, like you, they maintain very attractive looks for a very long time. So I'm not seeing an issue with an age on the physical side of things. I will concur with this. I met many Japanese women who were in their like mid to late 40s, almost 50 years old, and they looked like they were 21 years old, like they were just right out of high school almost. I was just it, countless females that I spoke to. I, every time they're like, how old do you think I am? I'm like, I'm not playing this game. I do not. You look 29, you're probably 54. <laughs> like, no, I'm 47, but still. Mm. Which, which begs the question, Yasushi, do you feel like, I mean, us as foreigners, we just think that women kind of keep that youthful look. Can you tell a woman's age? <laughs> or is it the same with Japanese men that they're just like, I don't know how old she is because she looks young? Mm -hmm. I mean, being a Japanese person, I can... I think I can pretty much tell, but not I'm all the time. I'm going to challenge you to this. <laughs> yeah, when you come oh, to yeah, Japan. Oh, yeah, I will. I will totally challenge. I will get some yeah. friends. I'm like, all right, here's the game. <laughs> um, uh, well, I, I hope that, like, as we have talked about this a few times here on our podcast of, you know, the discrimination between male and female and that, like, it is a very, very gap a very large gap that is slowly closing. I wish it was happening sooner than or quicker than as slow as it's doing. But it'll be interesting to see a kind of these following years um, as, you know, Todai Universe, as Todai has decided to stop this discrimination and see like what other universities are doing. And if that encourages more women to apply to some of these elite universities that maybe that instead of the 80 to 20% male to female ratio slowly starts dwindling to where you can get 30, 70, 60, 40, and hopefully 50, 50 at one day. So, yeah. Anyway, I want to thank our listeners um, for tuning in this week. I think we are out of time, uh, but we appreciate you tuning in and listening to Amakata Japan. And hopefully this encourages some conversation uh, in your own family and friend circles and kind of ways to where you can maybe solve the solutions of the world. I don't know if our 10 listeners, you know, have that sort of power, but it always starts somewhere, right? Makes sense. <laughs> anyway, thank you for tuning in with us and we hope you will tune in our following podcast. Thank you. Sayonara. Mm -hmm.